people. my friends, and welcome to No Normal People. I'm your host, Stephen Henning. And I'm your ancient old lady host. Don't undersell yourself this way, my love. Lee Henning. Thank you, Dixie Lee Henning. (laughs) This is a podcast where we prove that the more you get to know the normal people in your life, you discover that there really are no normal people in your life. And yeah, it's your birthday, isn't it? It's my birthday. It's my birthday. The big 2-8. How dare you? Is that, how dare I? (laughs) Oh, should I not give that away? <laughs> no, everybody knows. It's too late. Too late. Too late. Too late. <laughs> it's not really a milestone, is it? It's just no, it's kind of just what it like is. you're not 30 and nobody cares about this age in your 20s. So mm. basically pointless. It's like turning 22, except Taylor Swift wrote a song for 22 year olds. Yeah. So 23. Yeah. Is, was even weirder. Yeah, definitely. Because like yeah. 24, you can rent a car. Uh, this is true. And 25 is like a quarter of a century. Yeah. 28 is like, it's, it's nothing. It's like, whatever. It's nothing. You're not 30 and you're not 25. So it's like, the number of days that are in February most of the time. <laughs> so except for this year, I guess. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> so thanks. February. Break my theory. Anyway, I'm 28. Heck and yes. And it's time to party. So come on down and let's get crunk. <laughs> yes that's none Get of those things some of that none of those 28 things. looks good on you uh thank you i like looks it. about the same as 27 and 364 days so nice anyway it's how my do birthday. We, how do we pull up out of that nosedive <laughs> oh no so steven got me an excellent birthday present in the form of a podcast oh my gosh you got we launched the podcast on my birthday yeah and i got you this interview true with our friend Andy. Yep. One Andy Austin. Andy Austin. My first introduction to him was honestly you painting an astronaut likeness of him <laughs> in the corner of downtown Moab. Yep. And then I met him at Moab. Yep. And then it all made sense. And then it was like, oh, that's yes. Andy. He is a freelance photographer who has made quite a name for himself here in Montana, doing a ton of landscape and tourism shots for different agencies around the area. Yep. Makes. All his money during like the summer months here in Montana and then spends most of the rest of the year just traveling the world. Literal world. Right? We talked about Except a trip to Switzerland. Antarctica. Hasn't been there yet. Which, fingers crossed, might Working be happening this November. Yeah. We hear. So, I don't know. Dixie, Andy was one of those people when we started this podcast that we had in mind. That like we he wanted was to, on the top 10 list. Yeah, we definitely wanted to make sure we talk to him because I I mentioned this in the interview, but he is one of the few people that manage that manages to inspire FOMO in me (laughs) so hard. Okay, I'm gonna tell you something right now. I don't know what that means. Oh babe, it's the fear of missing out. Oh. F O M O. 
Okay, so yeah. this is showing my age. <laughs> what the heck? Yeah, so this is what Andy does to me. He'll show a picture of him in Switzerland, and then maybe a week later he'll be in, like, he went to Spain after that. Yeah. I would like to India. Also, also preface, I laugh at that joke in this interview. And in my head, Aww. I think, what, what, what is it? What am I laughing at? It is most certainly the fear of missing out, which you, if you're listening... Need to go check out Andy's Instagram. For real. It uh, is too legit to quit. At Andy Austin. Oh, I bumped the table. Nice, Ron. At Andy <laughs> Austin photo or the tag Andy in the van. Yeah. And just go, just go be inspired to make a life for yourself doing what you love and then travel all over the world if you want to. Yeah. Because now I want to. Dang it. Dang it. I think we should just get into the interview then, shall we? Yeah, but first, happy birthday to, to me. Dixie. Anyway, that's it. Wow. To Andy Austin. Here we go. <laughs> All right. Andy, are you ready? I think so. I hope so. Okay. Oceans or lakes? I'm going to go lakes. Uh, rain or sun? Sun. Tea or coffee? Coffee. <laughs> I why did I even ask I that? Even Early morning or late night? Both. Kind of like a weird hybrid of the two. I just never <laughs> sleep. It's just, what is sleep? Uh, summer or winter? Mm, summer. Beaches or mountains? Mountains. Libraries or museums? Museums. Cats or dogs? Dogs. Sunrise or sunset? Sunrise. East coast or west coast? West coast. Uh, sweet or savory? Mm, both. <laughs> Do you call it soda or pop? Pop. Hogwarts or the Shire? Ooh, Shire. Unfriended. Yeah, well, goodbye. Pizza or tacos? <laughs> uh, taco pizza, pizza tacos? There you go. Uh, yeah, I like it. Yeah, That's the move. <laughs> Vanilla or chocolate? Vanilla. Books or movies? Mm, movies. Pipe or cigar? Pipe. Handshakes or hugs? Hugs. Introvert or extrovert? Ambervert. Ambervert, yes. Phone calls right or texts? Uh, depends on what I'm trying to do. Quick things, text, but, you know, having a conversation, phone call. Smart. Sweet. That was the rapid fire. You can relax That's now. probably it's the fastest we've ever gone through that. I know. He took it very seriously. <laughs> Appreciate I was ready. That. I was very, I was very focused in and like <laughs> another sip of just coffee. gut here. reaction. Yeah, that was very good. Okay. So now some more just fun icebreaker questions. What's your favorite candy? Oh, Reese's. Yes. Favorite snack? Top Cheez-Its. I, I actually cannot yes. buy Cheez-Its because oh. the box is gone within 24 hours. Dude, oh, yeah, that's same. dangerous. It's, it's, I, can't, I can't have them in the house. I just can't. <laughs> you know no yourself. Get those little snack packs. Like, well, then I'll just open have... all of them, and then I have to deal with like the guilt of having like 15 packages <laughs> right. just laying on the floor. Oh, yeah, you just got to buy the individual one from like the uh, the grocery store checkout line. I, I think what my, my go-to is the, the gas station Cheez-Its where they're oh, like the yeah. little like half-size pouches. Oh, I see. Mm. I don't feel as guilty. Those are still like 500 calories a pouch, <laughs> yeah. but like I don't feel as guilty. It's still delicious, though. Yeah. Worth it. What's your favorite morning drink? Coffee. Coffee. Black coffee? Uh, yeah, I usually black coffee. Excellent. Or a nice cortado, but yeah, mm. black coffee. Mm, fantastic. Yes. Kind of it. What's your favorite city? Mm. It's really tough. I really I really like Amsterdam a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not for the, the reason that everybody, as soon as it comes <laughs> to their mind, I've never right. smoked pot in my entire life. Uh, I just love that city. Sweet. Yeah. That, and then I went to Berlin this last year, and I it's kind of top on the list now. So wow. much history. So wow. much incredible World War II history. Right. And... Berlin Wall history and mm-hmm. all that. So 
Cool. I want to go to there. I found online that you've been to six of the seven continents. Correct. If you had to pick a favorite. Oh, God. It's impossible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, honestly, I, I, I think maybe Europe. Okay. Uh, there's a lot of variety. Mm-hmm. You right. have, you know, so much history. Mm-hmm. And then you also have mountains, like incredibly Alps are yeah. incredible. Mm. Uh, you know, the, the, the Scandinavian countries like Norway are just unreal. So I think I might have to pick Europe. Excellent. What's your favorite smell? Chocolate chip cookies. Oh, yes. Favorite TV show? I have so many. I just finished Prison Break and it was really good. Oh, nice. Uh, Never watched it before. Mm -hmm. Okay. You know, I like Flash a lot. Ooh, yeah. Big Flash guy. Excellent. Yeah. Favorite ice cream flavor? I think I'm pretty boring with vanilla. Yeah. It's easy. I like it. (laughs) What are foods you will never eat? Uh, Tomatoes and cucumbers. Really? Yeah. Hate them both. Tomatoes is a total texture thing. So if it's cooked, I'll eat yeah. tomatoes. Okay. Like a marinara sauce or something like that. Sure. I don't like ketchup either. Okay. So that's just <laughs> right in there with it. Tomato but right, like raw tomatoes is just disgusting to me. Oh. This dude uh, eats it like a freaking oh, apple. God, that's gross. Uh, I'm so Demon. sorry. Uh, and, then, and then cucumbers is a, is a total flavor thing. Like I okay. can't stand the flavor of cucumbers. Yeah. Okay. Cucumber water yeah. is atrocious. <laughs> and when I was in Jordan in the Middle East, not Jordan, Montana. Yeah. Uh, when I was in Jordan... 90% of what they eat, like tomatoes and cucumbers in some variety. Oh, man. And oh, I, I yeah. lost like 15 pounds in that month because I, was, I just it's couldn't like, eat. Just, just a lot of fasting. I'll just have <laughs> yeah. water and dirt, I, I ate a lot of hummus. Uh, and there was hummus and like there you go. Uh, Arabic bread. And it was like, right. I'll eat that. Yeah. Um, I can do bread and hummus. <laughs> yeah. I'm ready. <laughs> Who's the smartest person you know? And this could be either you know of or you know personally. I think I'm going to go personal. I would say my dad. I think my dad is a brilliant man. He's... Never went to college, but mm. it's still just wickedly smart uh, and just kind of anything he wants to pick up and, and figure out. He's, you know, nails. So that's excellent. That's cool. Do you have a secret talent? I can wiggle my ears. <laughs> oh, okay. Which is really I mean, hard to show you guys. Yeah, we're headphones wearing headphones on. right yeah. now. It's hard <laughs> to prove. <laughs> just to take my word for it. Fair enough. Yeah, I'll take it. What was your first job? I worked at Universal Athletic uh, here in Billings. Oh, yeah. Uh, selling shoes and putting on spirit shirt things <laughs> excellent sayings and slogans yeah nice um, so that was really exciting what was your first pet i had a bearded dragon growing up i mean what? that was my pet yeah yeah, yeah. so like, i had a bearded dragon growing up that was my my pet that is excellent what yeah. was its name well i thought it was a he for the longest time his, <laughs> right? name, was, his name was spike um and then after i went off to college he was still alive because he lived to be like 15 16 oh, years cool. old wow. uh, they live a long time yeah uh, i went off to college and then my parents kind of were like we don't really want to take care of this um and so they ended up kind of rehoming it with a really good friend of ours who is like a wildlife biologist so it was oh, like cool. the perfect home perfect. and they already had a bearded dragon so they put them together and they thought that their bearded dragon was a girl. And I thought that mine was a boy. They're really hard to sex. So they're really hard to figure yeah. out what they are. Wow. Um, and then all of a sudden Spike was pregnant. Yeah. And we were both just like, wow, that was interesting. That went the other way. That's not what we expected. That's fantastic. That's so good. <laughs> Silly Spike. Do you have a historical hero? Mm, probably Nelson Mandela. Mm. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Big, big fan. What's the worst fashion trend you've ever participated in? I wore Hawaiian shirts every day 
during eighth grade. Uh, <laughs> the eighth grade fad. Okay. Yeah, eighth grade Hawaiian shirts was my jam. Uh, and Fantastic. like this is like pre like you know, like frat bro Hawaiian shirts is like a yeah. thing now. Mm-hmm. That was not a thing then. Oh, okay. It was like oversized Hawaiian shirts. No, it wasn't even oversized. It was like just Hawaiian shirts <laughs> in general. Like <laughs> nice. Like, you know, I had like the silk ones. You had the cotton yeah. ones. You had yeah. like a very variety pack of Hawaiian shirts. Right on. I think that was definitely, uh, yeah, not a great, <laughs> yeah, not a great looking back on that one. Excellent. What's the best live concert you've been to? There's a few. Pearl Jam was was up there in Missoula. Ooh, that was yeah. that, that was one. That was one that was on my bucket, like my concert bucket list yeah. for a yeah. long time. Yeah, absolutely. Kaleo, the Icelandic band, the Icelandic rock band Kaleo. I mm-hmm. saw them up in Calgary a couple years back, and they were incredible. Oh, right. And on. it wasn't like a flashy show by any means. Like there wasn't a lot of things happening, but they just got on stage. It just blew my mind. Sweet. Yeah. That's always the best. And then like Bon Iver, where you're just crying the whole time. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Like that one yeah. up in Kettle House and like being in the pit and just standing there and they staring. They just start playing. Yeah, like, absolutely. <laughs> and just cry. I don't know, I'm just going to cry for the next few hours. That's fine. Right. Oh. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? I think the ability to control time. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because I think I would probably use it to sleep more. <laughs> this is fair. Stretch a 24 to maybe like a 36 hour day. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So it's just like, all right, I shot the sunset. Sunrise is in like five hours. There's not actually time to get sleep in there. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, I'll just pause time for a little while. Okay. <laughs> sleep for like eight, nine hours. Mm-hmm. There you go. And then be like, boom. Done. Got it's it. Time or rewind again. That's the lamest use shots. of a superpower of all time is to sleep more. But I think that's an that's fair. excellent. I'll, I'll idea. give it to you. <laughs> Only like if it. it works for everybody, because then you could just tell everybody, like, we're pausing. Right. right. Everybody go take a nap. It's just <laughs> part of the world now. We just take a break. And yeah. We I'd get be down. An extra six hours. Garden nap time, you know? Yeah. Like, for all right, real. everybody get out their blankets and their little pad, and we're just going to, like, lay out and take a nap. Yeah, absolutely. What would you eat for your last meal? Can I cook it? Sure. I, I love cooking. Go uh, for it. I think I would cook my favorite, which is a Chipotle espresso rubbed ribeye. Uh, wow. pan- pan-seared, oven-finished, a little bit of butter and rosemary on top. Yep. Uh, don't even bother with the sides. Just like a <laughs> 24-ounce <laughs> ribeye. steak you could find. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Either that or if I'm not cooking it, Open Range in Bozeman makes the only steak that I quantify as being better than mine. Wow. Which is a 28-ounce bison tomahawk chop what and it's incredible uh and it also so has a good. bone marrow demi glaze on it what and then a little little roast potatoes on the we side we need to go to there yeah. very excited <laughs> about this it is unbelievable it's like my reward <laughs> meal because it's, it's not cheap but yeah. it's my reward meal whenever i sign a big contract i'm just like oh, this right. is where i'm going <laughs> it's time <laughs> and oftentimes i'm there by myself and so i'm having like a 90 dollar steak Right, you know, with like a very nice glass of bourbon, and I'm just sitting there having this meal like at the bar by myself, and people are like, "Are you okay?" I'm like, "Oh, I'm great. <laughs> I'm, so I'm good. living my best life right now. <laughs> I'm so happy right now. This is literally the best. That's day. <laughs> so good. When you were young, what did you want to be when you grew up? Well, when I was really young, my parents will never let me live it down, but I wanted to be a taxi driver in New York City. <laughs> oh, high okay. lofty aspirations. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I had like a book or something that had like a taxi in New York or something, you know, like a picture book. And, right. and I was like, that's what I want that's to do. It. This is the thing. This is it. <laughs> I want. It was kind of funny because it was my vision of it. Looking back was like that. I wanted to see the world and like, right. what better way than to like drive people around and like <laughs> see the world. Right. 
I didn't really realize that that's not how you see the world at all. No. You see New York and you see it. people. Uh, and then I moved on from that to being wanted to be a marine biologist for a long, long time. Oh, Steve okay. Urban was a big hero of mine. Oh, yeah. Uh, and yes. then I wanted to be a marine biologist and I lived in Montana. So not a lot of marine. Bit, a bit landlocked. <laughs> you want to go to Lake Elmo? And... <laughs> yeah. That's great. And finally, for the icebreakers, what would you consider to be your proudest achievement? Ooh, proudest achievement. I think from a business perspective, it's just it's making freelance photography work. Yeah. Uh, this is year four now, and I'm not starving, um, which is great. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, so that's, that's a big thing for me. I think it's, just, it's a very simple one, but yeah. I think when I first started out, I had a lot of people tell me, like, this is a waste of time, and you're not going to do it. Like, there's too competitive there's not any money to be made in it and i was like oh right. well, i still want to do it so yeah. uh, challenge accepted year four and it's, it's <laughs> every year it seems to get better and better so that's awesome um, i think that's a big one and then on a personal i think personal achievement uh, last year i climbed grand teton which was on my yes. kind of bucket mm. list for a very long time yeah yeah and it was brutal and it you know it destroyed me but it was <laughs> worth it very worth it man fantastic okay that's the end of those icebreaker questions so I guess to get into it, Andy Austin, first of all, thank you for being here. This is our first like in-person interview post-global COVID thing awesome. yeah. that we get honored. to have you in to the studio for the first time in like three or four months. That's great. Since yeah. we've done one. <laughs> like so, since February. <laughs> yeah. This is, this is fantastic. We're so excited Amazing. that you're here. Yeah, no, I'm glad to be here. Let's get to know you a little bit. I want to hear about where you were born, where you grew up, kind of get us through maybe high school. Okay. Uh, so I was born in Anchorage, Alaska, uh, yeah. and I, I lived there for just a couple of years. My parents alternated between Hawaii and Alaska, so we like winters in Hawaii, summers in Alaska for what first three, <laughs> four years of my life. Yeah, um, not a bad way to go at all. Yeah, but my dad was a terrible. contractor, so he would do construction jobs in Hawaii in the winter, and then because mm. you can't really do them in the summer in, or winter in Alaska, so yeah. <laughs> he would do them in the summer in Alaska and the winter in Hawaii. So then I moved to uh, Billings, Montana, when I was yeah just a just a wee little tyke. And moved here and grew up here uh, just on the West End, kind of outside of town. Sure. And then went to Canyon Creek K through eighth grade. Super exciting. Like <laughs> same 30, 40 kids for nine years of yes. my life. Uh, <laughs> nice. Which class. all hate each other by the end of that one. You're like, well, I'm never going to talk to you guys again. Yeah, I'm going to high done. school. <laughs> right. <laughs> I went to, then I went to Billings West High School uh, where I was a golden bear. Yeah. Right on. And yeah, then I moved away to go to school in Bozeman. Mm-hmm. Uh, went to Montana State. Uh, where I, I played some football and and did that life. What was your position on the team? Uh, I was an offensive lineman. Oh, right on. Yeah. So that was about 50 pounds ago. Still not <laughs> a small human by any means, but sure. I definitely am smaller than I was right. yeah. during those times. You still had the height for it. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, for sure. So yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Did, did that. What did you study? I got a degree in psychology. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, and I get asked a lot, like, do you ever plan on using it? <laughs> and I go, actually, I use it every day. I, I'm actually very, I'm probably one of the few people that got out of college and look back on my degree and I'm very stoked on what I did. Like, right. I really am happy oh, yeah. that I got a degree in psychology. I use it a lot for marketing, for just how I vision my photos and saying like, how are people, how are other people going to look at my photos and how are they going to perceive this? Wow. Like what kind of things is this going to trigger in the brain you know right. it's going to trigger some nostalgia or whatever it oh, might that's be cool. was so. that the goal when you started studying psychology or no. did you have dreams of being a i had no idea what i wanted to do oh. uh, <laughs> i really didn't i got into school as a nursing major oh. uh, and that was my first degree choice in that path and i kind of got screwed over by the nursing program at msu mm-hmm. 
and they had promised me the world. I was the first <laughs> ever football player to attempt nursing school. <laughs> wow. And I had talked to them when I got in there and I was like, well, you know, there's kind of a, a problem is going to be going to upper division nursing mm-hmm. and saying like, oh, well, when it comes time to go to upper, upper division, you have to have like a super high GPA to stay in Bozeman. There's like 16 slots available right. in Bozeman. So what can I do to stay here? Right. And they're like, oh, we have a program that's called priority placement. And it's basically if you have a reason you have to stay in Bozeman, you get extra points towards your GPA to stay in Bozeman. I was like, great. That sounds awesome. And then I went through my first two years. You know, I didn't have like the highest GPA, but I had like a three, four or something like that. Yeah. Mm. And I got to the nursing program. I said, okay, great. Like, how do I apply for the priority placement? And they said, oh, yeah, we just got rid of that program this year. I was like, great. Well, okay. uh, am I well, grandfathered in or is there like a thing <laughs> I can do here? And they're like, no, you have to apply, which of course I didn't get into Bozeman. And so mm. my options were like to move, yeah. quit football. And I was like, well, my, my mentality was that I could always come back and mm-hmm. finish nursing degree. I can't. But once I leave football, I can't. Like it's a running clock. You can't yeah. just come back and finish playing football. Mm-hmm. Right. So I decided, I was like, well, you know, what am I going to do? And at that time I was kind of interested in photography. It was just a hobby total side hobby and i'd actually looked into the photography program at msu yeah turned out that that would have not been a good idea because <laughs> it was a lot of film stuff yeah uh and mm. there was like two years of like black and white film or something that you had to go through wow just to get into the upper division photography programs sure so i would have like spent two years doing nothing and <laughs> that actually wouldn't have worked right because i had all my prereq stuff done mm-hmm you know, writing 101 and all those sort of things <laughs> yeah. were, all, yeah. were all done. So I, got, I now needed to be doing things that were towards a degree. And if I could only do one class a semester, that gosh. was towards my degree. Gosh. So I'm actually very glad that didn't work out. Yeah. Yeah. And then I was like, well, well I was like talking to my advisor. I was like, what actually transfers, you know, all these classes that I've taken because they're fairly science oriented classes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they said, well, psychology actually transfers. Like the only things that really don't matter in psychology is like the anatomy and physiology stuff that you right. took and i was like great psychology it is and then i had figured like if i get a psychology degree and then i wanted to go back and get my nursing degree that those two would work really well together so that oh, was yeah. my original mentality of taking psychology was oh. to combine it eventually with a nursing degree sure uh, nice and do that and then during that time i kind of started to fall more and lo- more and more in love with photography and never really thought it would be a career path but i just was like i really like doing this and then right people were wanting to buy stuff from me which was <laughs> shocking to me it's like <laughs> yeah. you, want, you want to actually give me money for this <laughs> right okay cool so the transition out of college i heard on the i think it was the own stream podcast oh, yeah. that you were on i heard that you pretty much came out of college and ended up working for a company here in billings in like a windowless cubicle yeah I did. Room. so right out of college i spent nine months just traveling the world i was i had no money or <laughs> an idea of what i wanted to do with my life right was uh, this the first time that you started traveling internationally yeah i mean i had grown up traveling my parents own an adventure travel company so mm-hmm. i grew up traveling um, oh, okay but i grew up traveling in a sense of like you show up at the airport you know and somebody has a has your name on a white you know whiteboard and oh they yeah. Say, yeah like yeah. welcome to you know welcome to nicaragua here we go and like let's go into <laughs> yeah. this sure but that was definitely i went to uh africa for my third trip to southern africa freshly out of college but my two previous trips have been with my dad 
and they were very much that like somebody picked you up at the airport you have an itinerary right. okay. we're gonna go do this and this was part of the company were you helping guide some of these trips no so that was all uh, a little bit of scouting for those trips we typically oh. so my my family's company they use local operators so they use local guides local companies oh but what we were doing was my dad and i started a bicycle nonprofit mm-hmm. uh, about 10 years ago bringing uh used bicycles from montana down to namibia and uh southern africa so wow. we were down there, the pre- two previous trips kind of working on those projects, mm-hmm. but still we're like going on African safaris, you know, cause you're there. It's like, yeah. well, why not? <laughs> uh, I still want to see a lion, elephant, yeah. and things like that. But right. then this trip right out of college, I was heading down there to go work on the bicycle project, but I was flying down there with kind of an open-ended like one month ticket with no idea what I was going to go do. Uh, I had a friend down there. I was picking up from the airport and he's like, yeah, we'll just figure it out. And I, at that point in my life, I'd never traveled like that. I'd never just showed up in a country with zero idea what the heck I was going to be doing. Sure. And then I ended up falling in love with that idea. And that's yeah. what a lot of what I do now. I mean, half the time. That's or, the travel concept yeah, you like operate with. 90% of the time now, I literally just show up in a country with without even a hotel booked. And wow. figure it out when I get there. I had, wow. I, had a, I got a lecture from a Canadian customs official once when I was flying to Amsterdam through Canada. Doesn't make any sense. <laughs> uh, well. But the Canadian customs, uh, it was like, well, what are you doing? So, well, I'm flying to Amsterdam. And he goes okay well do you like have a plan i was like no like, do you have a hotel booked i was like no he's like son i'm gonna be honest with you like very canadian dad yeah. like it was like he's he's legitimately concerned for yeah you. he was legitimately concerned was like the very canadian dad i mean they just fit all the stereotypes for sure yeah. and he yeah. goes son i'm gonna be honest with you you're gonna stand out and you're going to be a target if you just don't know what you're doing oh and he's like you need to have an idea and a plan and places to stay and things. I'm like, yeah, but I don't want to. <laughs> That's cool, but no. I was like, because I also don't really know at that time too. I was like heading to a trip, and I was like, I don't really know what I'm doing, mm. like where I'm going, and I, and I don't know if I'm gonna stay in Amsterdam for a week, or I don't know if I'm gonna catch a train somewhere. I ended up catching yeah. a train down to Bruges, Belgium, for uh, Christmas markets, and yeah, because why not? And Glühwein, and yeah, right. I mean, why not? Yeah. Um, so anyway, back to the Africa thing. That was my first kind of trip doing yeah. that. So this was right after college. Right you after went college. On this trip. Yeah. Okay. So I went on numerous trips. I went to Nicaragua for a bit. I went right. to Africa for a bit. I went to Norway for a bit. Yeah. Uh, I came back and I guided in Yellowstone for my dad's company for a summer. Mm-hmm. And then kind of finished that up. Went to Patagonia for a little while. And then I was like hooked. You know, that was, yeah. I was like, wow, travel is my thing. Got the bug. Yeah. Because like growing up, I mean, I grew up in the travel industry, but I also, I was probably the least adventurous person in my family growing up. Like <laughs> really? I was like a football player. And I did, I mean, like I liked the outdoors, but it wasn't my thing. Yeah. yeah. Like my family loved it. And I was like, yeah, whatever. Uh, I see. <laughs> it's um, just outside. <laughs> and then I, and then I went like full, just full tilt into it and like lived in a van and did all this stuff. And my family was like, what happened? Like <laughs> right. you were the least adventurous person. And now like we can't even keep track of where you are. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I did that. And then I had a job offer from uh, the Billings Chamber of Commerce here oh, yeah. back in Billings. Mm-hmm. And that job offer was to come and promote tourism in Billings and southeastern Montana. Mm-hmm. And I got there and uh, they gave me an office that was literally a closet under the stairwell. I was Harry Potter. <laughs> wow. Oh, no. And I shared it with my marketing director. Wow. Uh, a big stairwell? I uh, imagine no, that it was, was a rather very small, for you. like like the, the, the space we're in right now, it's yeah. about 
a little bit bigger than this. Right. But we have oh, a window. Man. Yeah, there was no there was no window. And Good. in the wintertime, I mean, Crazy. I would like go in before the sun would come up and I would come out when the sun was set. I was like, oh, oh man. I didn't see the sun today. That is that is a sad way. What to even live. is the sun? Yeah. Right. So yeah, I worked there for about a year and a half and it sure. was a good it was a good experience. I did learn a lot uh, about the travel industry and the tourism industry because I kind of left that job and used my kind of connections and knowledge to become a photographer in the tourism industry, working right. primarily for people like Visit Billings or Visit Southeast Montana, yeah, or, you know, tourism agencies, kind of stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So it ended up working out pretty well for me. But right. So the transition out of that job, this was. If I'm placing it in the timeline correctly, it was like 2016, 2017. Yeah, 2016, just four years ago. You buy the van. Well, actually, I didn't buy the van yet. Oh, I, I quit my job. <laughs> I quit my job with quite a few months notice thinking that would give me time to right. figure out what I was going to do. Sure. Yeah. I didn't have a lot of clients yet. I didn't have like a lot of things going on, mm. but I was like, I'm going to figure it out. I can't be in this office anymore. If I don't do it now, I'm going to get stuck here for the rest of my life. Uh, oh, okay. And so I put my notice in, quit my job. And I had saved up uh, a nice little nest egg of about $25,000 mm-hmm. to quit my job and be like, all right, if, if I fail, if I you know, fall on my face, I'm fine. I've got this yeah. little nest egg. I can fall back on it. And then I quit my job and lived out of my car for like a couple months. I quit my job, got rid of my apartment, everything. And I wow. kind of like lived out of my car for like a few months. Mm-hmm. And then I had always re- was looking on Craigslist for a van that, that kind of fit my needs. And I was driving through Bozeman one day and I like, popped on Craigslist and then Sure enough, there was like this white Sprinter van, like an older <laughs> white Sprinter van. Yeah. And the guy wanted like $23,000 for it. I was like, okay, well, that's uh, a lot. Um, <laughs> and also, um, back up a little bit, right when I quit my job and moved out of my place, I bought a shipping container for about $2,000 um, uh, okay. that I put all my stuff into. Yeah. So I put all, yeah. My, all my stuff into this, instead of paying monthly at some place. I was like, I'm yeah, buy a shipping just, container. You sure. own a shipping container. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then that way also I can live in it if I need to. Wow. You just bunker right. in there, right? <laughs> yeah. So I'm seeing how the math is working. You had 25. Yeah. Then I paid 2000 for a shipping container. And then you're asking 23 yeah, for this so van. Oh. I go to see the van. It's perfect. I'm like, oh, this is exactly what I wanted. Right. And I, like my budget for the van was like $10,000. Okay. Right. I realized quickly that like that wasn't going to be a good van. And it was right. going to be not a comfortable van for living in. And I was planning on living in it full time. Especially so. if you have to factor in a lot of like build out costs. Right. Once exactly. you get the van. So yeah. this van was like perfect. It was already built out. It was gorgeous. And I was like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. So I like went to the bank and got a cashier's check for $23,000. <laughs> and the kid, the bank, the teller was like, sir, do you know that's like all of your money? And I was like, <laughs> I'm very well aware. <laughs> I've been worried about it for many hours. Now. I am Thank going you. to go buy some ramen after this with the few dollars I have <laughs> with left. my 99 right. cents. Yeah. Right. Uh, so that was kind of how the van came to be. And then at that point, I was like, well, this, this has to work now. Right. I have, to, yeah. I have to make this actually work because I don't have, I don't have a fall pack plan. Spent right. all my money. This is my nest egg now. <laughs> Literally. That's so good. So for the last four years, you've been living out of the van, at least while well, you're... So I lived in it full time for two solid years, lived in it mm-hmm. um, oh, okay. full time. and then. After two years of that, I, d- I finally decided to get a residence. Um, <laughs> so I started renting a house in Bozeman. Mm-hmm. But then I probably spend, if you were to lump it all together, it's never in a row. If you were to lump it all together, I think I probably spend three months in that house. And then the rest of it is spent in the summertime. I live in the van full time. Mm-hmm. And the wintertime, I do a lot of international travel. So right. there's not a lot of time spent at my house. And I always wonder, like, why am I paying rent? 
on a place mm-hmm. we receive. But <laughs> yeah. every time I do go back there, I'm always reminded that I love having a place that I can call home and right. just go back to. And, an address. Yeah, an address. <laughs> I can send my mail to. Address is nice. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Oh, that's great. That's great. Um, So shipping container aside, I imagine a lot of your transition into van life included a lot of decluttering and it did like, for charging sure. yeah what was that process like and what like what's your relationship to i guess what's called like minimalism now definitely well so i when i started putting everything in the container i went to costco and bought like some big bins and things and mm-hmm. i started like just going through my apartment and then i kind of ran out of time before i was supposed to move out of my apartment mm-hmm. so i got to this point where i was like there was boxes in my garage that had been in my garage since I moved there mm-hmm. like they had come from Bozeman were placed in the garage and then never opened for like three years, two years. Right. Whoa. Okay. And so I was like, well, if I have not needed this in two years, <laughs> I do not need this. And so I like, literally kind of like open them up, kind of like brush them in, like look through them really quickly. No idea what was in most of them. And then just like <laughs> threw them away. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's like, that's enough of that. Right. Um, I thought this was valuable one time. Yeah. It's not now. Nope. <laughs> So there was a lot of just like throwing stuff away, a lot of donating stuff. Cool. Uh, yeah. I hate selling stuff. Yeah. Because I just it becomes find it, a job. It becomes a job, and it's like, wow, I just made five dollars. Yeah. Off of all that time, I just yeah, spent and it's on like Facebook all Marketplace. All the people that are like on Facebook Marketplace and Craigslist, like selling <laughs> stuff for like two dollars here, three dollars here, five dollars here. I'm like, I my time is worth more than this. I yeah. don't care. So yeah. I'm, can I donate it? And I'm Goodwill. or I'm going to throw it away. <laughs> yeah. Right. It doesn't fit in those two things, but. I mean, my, my apartment in Billings was definitely never cluttered to begin with. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't have a lot of belongings. Right. Mm-hmm. And, like, at one point, if you went into my house, I was living there with my girlfriend at the time. And then when we broke up, she moved out. And I realized that, like, all the stuff in the place was hers. <laughs> ah, yeah. Okay. And then I lived there for, like, a year after that sure. with just, like, nothing. It's like uh, a lawn chair. I had, like, a bed. <laughs> Full on bachelor pad again. 100%. Good. Like a two bedroom apartment. The second bedroom was completely empty. Right. (laughs) The first bedroom was like my bed and a dresser and a TV. And then the living room was the saddest thing you've ever seen. It was like one lazy boy chair. Okay. Just in the middle of the room with like no TV, no nothing. Just like a lazy boy chair in the middle of the room. Like wood floors. Not even like an end table. No, not even an end table. Nothing. Um, Wow. And then there was by far the saddest thing, which was my kitchen table which was like I had gone through college with this thing was such a pile. Right. And it was just this kitchen table with one chair. <laughs> just had one chair for it. <laughs> I don't really care. Like I didn't have a lot of friends that come over. Sure. Like, I like if I went and did something, I'd go out and like, right. yeah. go to a brewery or something with them. Like, we can all sit on the lazy chair. I like together. one time a friend did come over for dinner <laughs> and I just put out like a camp chair as the other chair <laughs> at wow. the table. I was like, here yes. you go. And like they walked in and they're like, did you just move in here? Like two years ago. You know, wow, you don't own anything. It's a little sad, right? Right. Um, I mean, even now, like my my apartment or my house in Bozeman, like my roommate owns most of everything. To where, like, if I were to move out, it would just be like a couple boxes here, and then like I'm out the door. Right. It's um, like a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. So, well, and one of my favorite things about following you on Instagram, like every time you get ready for another trip, I see how you know you pack for weeks or months Just long like trips future yeah in a backpack that i think should be probably larger but <laughs> you pull it off yeah no it's it's kind of becoming a challenge now it's like okay. how often how much can i go in one backpack yeah um, what is the capacity of that backpack well so is the like first backpack liter? i was using was 80 okay okay um, but it's also got a lot of camera gear in it so it's that's a lot fair. of camera gear in there 
And I always laugh because there's like a, a little, like one of those Patagonia pack cubes. It's, I don't know, maybe like 10 liters. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And that's like all my clothes for the next like two months. And I like, <laughs> tr- like I have like boomerangs of me just like dropping that on the ground. Like, well, there's my clothes for the next two months. And right. we're like, what? Like, what do you have a shirt? Like, is that, <laughs> like, what do you, right. Um, so I've, I've now downsized to a 60 liter pack and I'm still, that's, that's doing well. My roommate keeps saying that one of these days she's going to see me just walk out the door with like my briefcase and just be like, well, I'm heading off for the next month. Like, <laughs> right. Cause like every time I leave, it comes smaller and smaller and smaller. So I realize yeah. like, yeah. what do I not need on right. these trips? Yeah. So the, the real challenge was like going to Europe this last January in the middle of winter mm-hmm. with 60 liters. And that included like warm clothes and things. Right. Which tend to be bulkier and a little thicker to pack and whatnot. Yeah. So I just wow. like wore, a, I wore like a tweed suit jacket. Sure. And then I just wore that for like the next two weeks. That's my other favorite part about watching you on Instagram is you dress so classy everywhere you go. Yeah, just always have a suit on hand. It's like a very important (laughs) trend for me is having a a nice suit. Yeah. You never know when you need a suit. That's very good. So I heard tell once of a golden sequin suit. There is a gold tuxedo. uh, Wow. Gold sequin tuxedo, which I actually, that has paid for itself time and time again because- How does it not? Well, I I I had to have it custom- made because it, uh, it's from china of course of yeah. course um and i you got know. on ebay and of course like their normal sizes are for like chinese men and like <laughs> i'm six foot five and like 250 pounds like i'm not a small chinese man <laughs> sure yeah um and so like even though like they're double xl i was like looking at the measurements going like there's no way that would fit me like that would fit an arm um and so i like sent they had an option for like ten dollars more to like custom tailor it like custom make this thing wow and i have to imagine that like in some shop in china they got the measurements in they're like this isn't possible this is, this is andre the giant <laughs> yeah, the like, jacket. what is yeah. happening like this is this has to be wrong we don't like, have I, enough sequins yeah. for this somebody somebody call the sequin guy like we need to get more sequins right. Right now, call the supplier. Uh, so, <laughs> so good, but yeah. So then there was a time in which I this is after I quit my job, I I crashed a tourism conference wearing the gold sequin tuxedo, mm. and I show up and I'd been there the, for the previous two years with yeah. my old job. So my old job would we would go there for that job. Oh, so okay. That. So everybody knew me there between right. photography and my old job, like. Right. Every of these tourism conferences know me, but they're kind of a big deal for the tourism industry. And so I had been meeting with Visit Montana the week before, and they kind of put the conference on. And I had been meeting with them about some photography stuff the week before. And uh, they were like, oh, are you going to come to the tourism conference next week? And I was like, oh, yeah, I might stop by. And they're like, well, it's sold out. So if you don't have a ticket, <laughs> you can't go. And I was like, oh, mm. well, I might see you guys next week. <laughs> and they were just like, oh, boy. Okay. Right. Um, this guy. Who does he think he is? <laughs> So I show up and I like park my van out front and I plug my van in. It's a big, big thing. It's being able mm-hmm. to plug my van in. It's yeah. Kind of nice. Convenience. Convenience. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, Charge so I like plug up, my van in. Batteries and then up I a plan bit. on sleeping in my van for the whole duration of the three-day conference at this hotel. So yeah, like, I'm just going to sleep in my van at the hotel in the parking <laughs> right. lot. Yeah. So I like the day one, I like, put my tuxedo or my, like, my gold tuxedo on and I walk in and everybody's like, all right, there's Andy. He's here. <laughs> Uh, and then I also, I have a, I'm sure you've seen my Andy and the Van logo, mm-hmm. um, which is a, just a cartoon version of me. Right. So I had photoshopped it to be wearing a gold sequin tuxedo. Yes. Why not? Um, and then this is back when Snapchat was still a thing. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, I guess it is now just for the kids. But like, yeah. But this is like when Before our, like, Instagram yeah, like, like yeah. stole the story idea. Right. So I, <laughs> Snapchat used to let you do sponsored geotags, right? Where you'd swipe through and like you'd have it say oh. like, welcome to Butte. Yeah. Or whatever, yeah. you know. So I did a sponsored geotag with the Andy in the Van logo 
wearing a gold sequin tuxedo. So people were, <laughs> and it was only geofenced around the hotel. Yes. <laughs> it cost me like $20. It was the yes. best thing. Yes. Yeah. So we were literally at this conference pulling things up like, oh, what are the, what are the options for, you know, like, yeah. and they're like, that's that guy over there wearing the gold sequin tuxedos like <laughs> on my Snapchat. Right. Um, this so, was a branding move. It was. So like all the money I could have spent in buying a ticket to the conference was spent in like hijacking the event. That's uh, so good. And then my I buddy texted me from Bozeman and goes, hey, how's the conference going? It's like, anybody figure out that you've crashed the conference? And I was like, well, I'm currently wearing a gold sequin tuxedo and I just won their costume contest um, <laughs> with a costume that has nothing to do with the actual Anything. theme. No, Literally. Uh, just wearing a gold sequin. And it was like, it was a, I think it was like heroes and villains was the, the theme of the night or something. And I, I went up there as a villain. And they you had like passed the mic around. They were like, "What's your villain name?" And I was like, "I'm the Party Crasher." <laughs> wow, you were not under you the radar gave at all. Them the answer. <laughs> and so yeah, so inconspicuous. Well, and it was I mean, my whole theory that behind the thing was like, <laughs> "That's very enough good. people know who I am at this thing." That like I'm not going to be inconspicuous. Yeah. Well, I'm yeah. also six foot five. Like, I, I stand out. <laughs> yeah, uh, there's no hiding. Even and without also, the tuxedo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no hiding. And I'm like, well, you know, at the same time, I'm also not there to hide. I'm there to network and yeah. uh, do business. So. Yeah, did that. And then the second night, I actually walked in wearing a WWE wrestling belt with my name engraved on it. <laughs> that was given to me by because Shane. Because you already Mc- have it that. Gi- it was given to me by Shane McMahon. Um, <laughs> oh, engraved oh my with gosh. my name. Well, there's that. <laughs> <laughs> so good. To which, actually, my van got broken into uh, a couple years ago and that got stolen. Oh, so, no. bummer. Actually, a pretty sad endeavor. But Bummer. It's like, how are you going to sell this, bud? <laughs> I know, right? Like, it literally you, has my it name on it. It says Andy XXL Austin on it. Like, that's <laughs> yeah. what it says on the belt. Oh, okay. Uh, but yeah, I woke up night two. I walked in wearing that and like was yelling because uh, the hotel had a bar. And so we were all having a few cocktails. And um, <laughs> yeah. somebody asked me if I had it in the van. And I was like, well, of course I do. And so I go back out and come back in. And I come back in like wearing the belt, like over my shoulder. And I was like, and, and my buddy who was like, as like the doors open, it's just yelling, the champ is here. The champ is here. That's very yeah. good. And, this is powerful. And then people would walk up to me like, what's the deal with the belt? And I was like, buy me a drink and I'll tell you the story. And then they'd buy me a drink and I'd tell them the story about how Shane McMahon gave me the belt. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> there you go. So. What, especially van life. Well, I guess we'll, we'll talk van and travel life. Because you're changing your context so often and you're traveling all over the state, all over this country, and then like we said, you've been to six of the seven continents. I'm assuming Antarctica is the only one that hasn't. It's, uh, yeah, and I'm trying to go this November. We'll see what happens, but. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. my I'll girlfriend and I are trying to do, uh, well, the entire premise of our relationship was to try and go to seven continents together. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, so we've done five, and the only two nice. we have left is South America and Antarctica. Wow. So nice. Uh, this November, hopefully, if things go according to plan. Very yes. cool. So with your changing context, with traveling all over the place, are there any like, daily like morning habits evening routines stuff you like to follow to keep you like keep you healthy keep you grounded while you're moving around all over honestly coffee is a a huge connector for me that's Um, the one that's the that's like the one thing that is like my go-to sure you know making coffee in the morning is kind of like a spiritual experience for me just to like slow down yeah you know have the beans and like hit the water make the bloom and like yeah. pour it in. Yeah. Like, it's like it, for like five minutes you're, you're in it, you know, yeah. like it's just kind of a nice experience and then just yeah. to sit and enjoy it. But that's like, a, I think that's a really big one for me. It's just the, the experience of coffee. And then, but yeah, past that, you know, I don't have a lot of, everything is so chaotic that I don't have a lot of routine because yeah. it just right. always gets thrown away. Sounds <laughs> like you like it that way though. I do. I like a little chaos in my life. Right. Um, yeah. It's a uh, spontaneity is easy for you. It is. So, 
Yeah, I mean, it always changes if I'm shooting or if I'm not shooting or if I'm in the van or if I'm at home, if I'm traveling, if it's like whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. yeah. I don't really ever know what, what I'm doing. Yeah, that's very good. I think especially the pour over moment, if you're willing enough to be present with it, it can turn into its own kind of meditative experience. It is, for yeah, sure. Yeah, for real. Like pay attention to everything, get the numbers just right on the weight and the grams and the water. Definitely. Yeah, that's That's very why good. it's frustrating when somebody orders that when it's like busy at a coffee shop. It's like, you I, wanna, to I need to spend time right. with this. No, for sure. I, I don't want get to, it to love be good. it like this. <laughs> I thought whenever I order a pour over at a coffee shop, I'm always like, it doesn't, I'm, I'm going to be here for the next 12 hours. Yeah. Like it so. does not need to be now. Like yeah. just whenever you have time <laughs> that's, to make a pour over, like nice. I don't need it doesn't it need, doesn't to, need be to be this minute. This minute. I'm like, sure your baristas like, appreciate it. Yeah, yes. no, like if you're ordering a pour over, I feel yes, like you do. have to understand that it's not drip coffee coming out of the, like, the little spigot. Yes. Like right. you're, you're ordering so different. it knowing that it's going to take a little while. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah. not going to be like, here's your coffee. And you yeah. want the barista to put the craft into right. it. But exactly. You don't want them to rush it. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's good. You're famous here in Billings, especially at Moab for essentially just buying yourself an entire pot of coffee oh, on yeah, the spigot and just setting it at the table. The entire, what is that thing called? The carafe. Carafe. The carafe. It was, I think, it was, how many gallons was that thing? That was like three it's, gallons or something well, like that. Oh, it's one gallon. Two and a half or two. Yeah, maybe it's, that's what it, it is. I think, I don't know. It's numerous gallons. Who even it's knows? two and a half. There's a half, lot yeah. of liquid in there. But yeah, <laughs> like I, I sat in the Andy corner. Yeah, um, the Andy corner. Yeah, underneath Andy the astronaut. Which Dixie painted there at Moab downtown. That's why his name is Andy because you sit in that corner. Andy corner. Now I never, now, I never go downtown because it's like my parents whenever I'm in Billings my parents live on the West End yeah. so I always stay with them yeah we got the West End and now the West End location so, so I always just go hang out there now yeah. right. which kind of sad I missed the downtown spot but yeah. right no that was a that was a particular time so when I'm in Billings I'm typically like kind of recharging my mind and mm-hmm. my van and everything else so literally um, <laughs> so I I am here and I'll be spending like you know 12 hours a day at Moab or you know wherever just editing just hunker down and just forget to eat for 24 hours at a time. <laughs> yeah. So in tune with editing. Yeah. Uh, but I got to this point where I would always just walk behind the counter and just get my own drip coffee because I was just like refill, just like walk behind the counter, refill. <laughs> they just, they just walk know. behind the counter, like refill, walk right. behind the counter, refill. And so at one point, Jeff literally brought me the carafe and just like set it on the corner of my table. And I actually probably thought I was going to have a heart attack that day. I drank <laughs> yeah. so much coffee yeah. that I was like shaking to my left. <laughs> I believe it. So I, I never did that again after that point. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah. So you use a lot of coffee shops as kind of an, an office space is, for yeah. photo editing. Thank you for listening to No Normal People this week. If you like what you're hearing, the best place to tell us about it would be on Apple Podcasts or Facebook.com where you can leave us a five-star rating and a one or two sentence review. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at KnowPeoplePod. That's K-N-O-W People Pod. Also, be sure to use our hashtags, KnowNormalPeople and hashtag KNP. Hi there, my name is Dixie Lee and I am the host of Authors Intent. As a movie addict and book enthusiast, I both love and hate the decisions some directors make in book adaptations. Join me as we go through the best books this world has to offer as we dive into what the author intended. We'll talk about the things that were done well, as well as some of the major faux pas in some of the most beloved stories. Season 1, Episode 1, we will be diving into the wonderful world of Harry Potter, starting, of course, with the Sorcerer's Stone. You can follow this podcast on Instagram at Authors Intent.
And a special thanks to Louis Zong for the use of his song Melody Meadows off of his album Levels. So let's talk about photography. You said it started kind of as a as a hobby through through growing up high school kind of ish. You looked at the photography program in Bozeman, pivoted into psychology instead. So how how did photography become to you what it is today? Yeah, I mean, like I really was the guy always carrying a camera growing up. And yeah. mm-hmm. I never thought anything of that. Like that was just who I was. Right. Carried a little point and shoot film camera with me everywhere. Yeah. And like I would go out with my friends and we'd just do, you know, hood rat stuff uh, <laughs> growing up in the neighborhoods and just like, you know, we'd go out skateboarding or bike, you know, biking or rollerblading yeah. or whatever it was, building mm-hmm. jumps and doing stupid things. Right. And so we'd always, I'd always carry my camera and I was always photographing this whole thing. Right. Yeah. And at one point, I remember, I wish I could find the photos of it, but at one point we like staged a wreck where we like put ketchup all over my buddy and like, <laughs> oh, wow, yeah. it was like a full photo shoot where like put ketchup on him and he's like flayed out on the ground. Maybe uh, this is why you don't like tomatoes. Yeah, probably. You <laughs> associate it with aversion. this moment. Right. Uh, yeah. So I always carried a camera and then in 2010, went to my first trip to Southern Africa mm-hmm. and I brought a hand-me-down DSLR that my dad gave me mm-hmm. and it was an old Canon 30D. Nice. And I brought that and I was stoked. because so I was like, well, I kind of thought myself as a photographer at that point. I was like, oh, I'm a photographer. <laughs> uh, despite that, I had no idea how to use manual settings. I had no <laughs> idea what the hell was going on. I brought that and I was like, well, it's every photographer's dream to carry or to go to Africa, right? To yeah. like, go to safaris. So I was stoked. Uh, I went there for a full month with my dad, went on safaris, did the whole thing, and then was taking a bunch of photos. And I got home, and I pulled the photos up, and they're awful. They were like <laughs> terrible photos, blurry, mm. and yeah, like, yeah. out of focus and blurry and overexposed, <laughs> underexposed, and just like just awful. Yeah, and I was like, well, this is not good. <laughs> and it was kind of at that point that I decided, like, I'm going to teach myself how to be a photographer. Like, I'm yeah, teach myself how like what an aperture is, and what an exposure is, and, right? Like, all about ISO and all these things. So I was like, I'm going to teach myself this thing. So yeah, uh, that was 10 years ago. And then two years later, I started my business. And my business was, uh, it's called Peak Photography of Montana because the original, uh, the original name was Andy Austin Photography, of course, super yeah. creative. And then I was really excited. And so I launched it. I was like, spent months like working my website, building a website for it, mm-hmm. building logos and building a brand and like getting the photos on the website. Mm-hmm. And then four days after launching, I got a cease and desist letter from the NCAA that was like, oh yeah, you can't use your name. We own your name until you graduate what wow so wow that's crazy so i like went and sat with the compliance officer who was awesome and she was like yeah basically uh and this is actually the something that's happened very recently they've mm-hmm. kind of upended that rule uh, to where athletes are now allowed to use their name and likeness to promote businesses and right. make money right yeah because that's always been a huge thing with ncaa athletes is that we are like the face of this organization, but we can't make our own money. And we're all broke, you know, like right. we have no money. We don't right. have time for a job. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I remember, fact, I remember like going, still paying yeah. the school. Right. And I remember like going to a movie was a financial decision, like to spend $10 was yeah. like a big thing, you know, for real. Like, oh, I can't, I can't put $10 to a movie. I can't afford wow. that. That's not even popcorn or anything else. It's just like, just to go to the just movie. the movie. Right. <laughs> and so I was like really excited about the whole program and then getting it out there. And uh, yeah, like four days in, they're like, yeah, you can't, Jeez. you can't do that. Jeez. So I, I immediately, Took it down. I had to like write an apology to the NCAA for using my own name. My bad. Yeah. Sorry that I. I <laughs> sorry I have a had name. Had the audacity. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> so that was fun. Um, wow. So then I, I did that and I, I asked him, I was like, well, what can I do? Like, I'd, I'd like to launch my photography business, but I obviously can't do it like this. So they said, well, you can do a couple of things. You can create a pen name, like go by some other name, or you can create a business name. And I decided I didn't want to do the pen name because I wanted, after I graduated, I wanted to go back to using my name. Right. right. Yeah. Um, and so I created a business name, which was Peak Photography of Montana. And then created a website for that. And then for like the next, I think it was like three years, I, I don't know, two years, I launched that business and ran it secretly. Right. Uh, and then mm. I ran that secretly. And like, even like that website, it was like the photo, like the bio photo was at like the back of my head. And <laughs> it says, hey, my name is Andy period. <laughs> it's like, right. I probably looked at that and was like, this is the weirdest star forever. Like he doesn't want to say his name. Right. Um, and then like I had magazines reaching out to me like, Oh, we want to like feature you in like a <laughs> magazine article. And I was like, well, I, I, you can't. I'm sorry. sorry. You can't use my face. No, you or have to my be name. the one who explains all the rules. Right. Yeah. Dang it. So I had to do that. And then it was really interesting. Cause like some of my biggest sales and things were of Bobcat stadium. Mm -hmm. So all these fans were buying images from Bobcat stadium, having no idea they were coming from a football player. Right. And wow. that was a, a big deal. And then I got all these requests. I got all these emails because it was all empty stadium shots, of course. Like I yeah. was like after practice, I'd like have my camera and like run up and like take photos of the stadium. While the lights were still on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Awesome. So yeah. like, I had a great yeah. access to the stadium at the time. So I was like taking these photos and then people were like, hey, like we really want photos just like you have, but with people in them. <laughs> I was like, great. A um, little busy during the games. Uh, I am occupied. So I, I finally figured you it out. You can't really give that away. Yeah, either. Right. I was like, uh, yeah, I'll work on it. So gold rush one year, you know, like the whole crowd wears gold shirts, whatever. And so I was like, I really want to take photos of this game. Yeah. So what I did was I went up, there's like a film platform right in the end of the end zone. And I set my camera up there and then I set it all up. And then I told one of the guys who does the film stuff for us. I said, mm. when the game starts, lock that button. And he was like, all right. So he locked the button and then I basically shot a time lapse. So like every four seconds, it took wow. a photo of the stadium. Whoa. And then after it was all over, I got back and I had like 2000 photos. And yeah. Come back with it and then edit them all and had photos of the stadium that were like full. And like, I just like go through it. And like From find, the same angle. Like find one. <laughs> yeah. Like find one that like, you know, that we just scored a touchdown or something. Cause like all the people like hands are in the air is like yeah. stoked and like yelling. So I'm like, that's right. the one I want. Yeah. So then I started selling those and then people loved those. And then it was, it wasn't until like after I graduated that I finally came out and was like, Oh yeah. Hey, it's me. <laughs> I did it. <laughs> it's me. Uh, it's cool. <laughs> we're like, Oh, Oh, and some people were like, we knew. And then like, some people were like, what? <laughs> right. I had some people messaging me. Some people messaging me being like, um, can you come sign my print now? Like, cause I, I <laughs> Like I know a, this guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. It's like yeah. your roommate. Like, dude, why didn't you tell me? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. But yeah, so uh, I mean, like everyone on the team knew it was me. Right. Um, it was always kind of like a running joke. Yeah, and then afterwards, then I was at this point where I really liked taking landscape photography. I didn't really mm -hmm. like taking stadium shots. Like it wasn't my thing. Yeah. But nobody wanted my landscape photography at <laughs> all. Like nobody cared. Yeah. But I was the guy who had the stadium shots, and so that was my thing. And then I just kind of over time was like, all I want is for somebody to care about the other photos that I'm taking. Yeah. <laughs> and eventually that kind of grew into fruition. That was yeah. like, here it is. Middle-aged senior Montana residents. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> They're like, yes, I want that picture yeah, of a mountain, right. please. <laughs> so. Which definitely being in Montana, you're at no shortage of beautiful landscapes oh, for sure. to yeah, find for, for yourself. So this was a good place to start, especially like launching your landscape things. I 
absolutely, I, I love following you on, on Instagram, mm-hmm. Andy Austin Photo. I like to think that I'm pretty immune to FOMO for the most part, <laughs> but you definitely break that streak. I feel like I get my own FOMO sometimes from my own self. Like, how do I just give myself FOMO? Really? Um, yeah. yeah it's, how did I do that? I, I do live like the weirdest life. Yeah. Well, yeah, because now you've married the the travel to the photos, and right. you just get to take your job literally anywhere you go. Yeah. So it's and then I just I don't know if I find cheap flights, I'm like I'm just gonna go to Europe for a little while. And <laughs> right. Just, yeah. Or I'm gonna go here for a little while. And so, which I know Dixie was curious. Like you have a knack for finding cheap flights. Oh yeah. Do, oh yeah. Do you have any tips? Uh, so I subscribe to Scott's cheap flights. That's my big yes. jam for okay. sure. And then I've gotten really good at like taking those and then kind of windling them through some other things mm-hmm. and just like figuring out how to either make it cheaper or mm-hmm. better flights or whatever it might be. But Scott's is like the best thing. I yeah, pay, I pay like the $60, whatever it is, yearly yeah. membership. Yeah. I have saved thousands. Like the trip that I'm taking in November down to Patagonia, we bought the leg, the LAX to Santiago leg already. Oh, okay. It was a $250 round trip ticket oh from gosh. LAX to Santiago direct flight. Wow. And we're just like, well, yeah, okay. What? Uh, <laughs> So we well, still, I mean, <laughs> we'll still have to figure out like the rest of it. We'll start to figure out like getting to LAX, which is easy. And then we'll have to get Santiago to like Puerto right. Arenas or Puerto Natales or whatever. But yeah, yeah, we're just like $250 direct flight to LAX round trip. Like, right. I can't look at the emails from I, Scott's. Well, like dangerous. I see them and I'm like, no, don't. I know. Don't. It's dangerous. <laughs> when, when, my, when my girlfriend and I were in quarantine, we were just like, we get the emails. We both get them. And we're just like looking at each other like, like come Shh. Oh, Mexico for $200. Like, <laughs> right. Like, yeah. Um, but we're both the same way. We're, and we're both like such impulsive, like, yeah. people in that sense. We're just like, should we go? <laughs> like, right. Why not? Well, that's the cool thing with your business is you've, you've just kind of crafted for yourself the ability to just, oh, yeah, I can go ahead and do that. Right. Because while I'm there, I could be taking pictures and then totally, you know, do my thing from there. Right. Yeah. Again. Make up that $250 <laughs> that you spent on that right. flight. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, no, it's good. And then, I mean, most of my work, majority, like 95% of my work takes place between June or like end of May through September, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it's all pretty much in Montana, Wyoming. Yeah. Uh, working for tourism boards. And then the winter is just like, I'm going to go somewhere for a while because I have no work. Yeah. I'm like, I'm just going to go. Like, It's cheaper for me to be in Asia than it is to be here. So. Yeah, true. Why yeah. not? Absolutely. Yeah. Even tonight, after we're done recording, you have another shoot. Is it for Visit Montana? You're it's doing for a lot Visit of Montana. Yeah, I'm doing riding shots, yeah. motorcycles. Yeah, I've been on that shoot for the last month, just photographing state parks and motorcycles right. uh, around eastern Montana. So yeah, the motorcycle part's winding down. I still got a lot more state parks to shoot, but I'm kind of sad the motorcycles are almost over. It's been fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you have any favorite state parks here in Montana? Uh, I got a few. Uh, I just was in Makoshka last weekend. That's mm-hmm. about three hours east of Billings. I was so glad to see that. That's one of my favorite parks. On for your sure. feed. I, it's so underappreciated. Yeah, it is. Un- underrated. it's huge. I mean, it's the biggest state park in Montana and it's just massive. Right. And yeah. hardly anyone has heard of it. Right. So I've, yeah, I've never been there. Uh, that one. And then like Medicine Rocks, which is like another hour and a half east from Makoshka. Okay. Right. And that one's also incredible these big sandstone pillars kind of look like swiss cheese big holes in them yeah uh that one's really neat and then for eastern montana i love those ones but like western montana i really love the like, glisten clark caverns oh yes incredible mm-hmm. 
and I don't know, like the, the Flathead Lake State Parks are pretty hard to beat. You know? yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you got Glacier up there. Yeah, you can't. So there's, I mean, there's so many, and they're so diverse. So it's like after this shoot, I've only got like six that I haven't seen after this. And there's like fifty some odd. Wow. Parks. Wow. So I'm like I've seen like really four. close so. to really close <laughs> to not having having seen all of them. And I was kind of wondering like how many people actually could say. Besides people that work for Montana State Parks, mm-hmm. right. how many people can actually say they've been to all the state? Because it's not like a, I went to all the national parks. It's like not a collectible thing. You right. Know? Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> you don't have a booklet that yeah. you can stamp. <laughs> Between that and like, I'm pretty sure I'll have driven almost every single road in Montana after this year. It's like, wow. Also absurd. Yeah. All seven of them. Yeah. Good. Exactly. Good work. So I, I just have more travel questions. This is going to be basically the rest of the conversation. First of all, I just want to hear everything you have to say about Switzerland, because oh, this, God. this was my biggest FOMO moment yeah. on your Instagram. <laughs> this is, this is my dream vacation yep. and it, it looks idyllic. Just absolutely stunning. Switzerland is one of the most unbelievably stupid places on the planet. Just as far as it's, it's it doesn't, it doesn't exist. Like it's like you it get there. It shouldn't exist. Like you, mythical. You get there and you're like, <laughs> it's like freaking Rivendell. Yeah, it's like. <laughs> CGI, right? Like right. You're, you're staring at it, going like, "Oh, look at that giant 400 foot waterfall over there!" Like, and like, yeah. you're, no. making, you're making this. Up. Orlando Bloom is going to come running over the hill any second yeah. now. It is absurd, <laughs> and like I had done. I think Switzerland was actually what, like the one place that really convinced me that I loved Europe because for a long time I didn't really like Europe um, mm-hmm. because I was like, "Well, there's not enough nature in Europe." Because I was going to a lot of like Western European yeah. cities. You know, oh, okay. Uh, the Amsterdams and the yeah. Frankfurts and the, you know, those places, which London. I've now grown to love. Yeah, sure. Um, but originally when I went to Europe, I was like, well, there's not enough like peace and quiet nature out you here. You were looking mm-hmm. for the big landscape still. Yeah. And it was like, well, it doesn't exist here. And then I was like, well, then I go to the Alps. And I'm like, oh, here it is. Whoops. Oh, found it. <laughs> I found it. Um, <laughs> and the Swiss Alps in, in general are just, I mean, the Dolomites in Italy are stupid. And right. they're just also ridiculous. But Switzerland is unbelievable so uh the how i got there this last time so i've I've been there three times now but the the trip that you're referring to i know it's exactly which one you're talking about yeah i had got a cheap flight 410 dollars to milan round trip yes wow uh and i went with two friends of mine from bozeman and we're like i don't know what we're gonna do we got like two weeks (laughs) or it was a little more than two weeks and uh we're like well we're there during Oktoberfest. So we kind of made that the, the yeah. goal. It was like Oktoberfest was the goal of mm-hmm. Munich. So we go from Milan to Munich. Uh, we do Oktoberfest. I drank 17 liters of beer one night. Oh my gosh. That was another question <laughs> I had for you. What I love, I, uh, <laughs> your Instagram is so fun when you start your Venmo beer train. Yes. Oh yeah. I didn't pay for one of those 17 beers. Like right. that was, it was hilarious. And it was just like all <laughs> my friends, I think realizing that I'm like at Oktoberfest and they only serve beer in like one liter steins. Right. Yeah. And so, and each one costs like 12 euros. Yeah. And so they're like, all right. So I'm like drinking one and I'm like one of my, but you know, like I send my buddies Venmo beers all the time. It's just like a thing we do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they all caught back up to me. Cause like every person I've ever sent a Venmo beer to is like sending me them at this sent, time. It's like, sent, cause when, sent. when the better time to send a Venmo beer to when you're at Oktoberfest in Munich and like, so of course. I'm here and like one friend sent it to me <laughs> and I wasn't intentional at all. And I like had put it on my story. I was like, Hey, thanks Quinn for the Venmo beer. Next thing you know, I was like, I've got another one and then another That's one and so another stacking. one. So like every time I'd put one on my story, I was like, thanks. So, and like, we're like 17 beers in. I'm like, thanks. Uh, <laughs> right. I don't know. I don't know where I am anymore. <laughs> like, 
and I think at that point, my friends were sending me Venmo bears to see how long I would go continuing to, because yeah. I felt obligated at that point. I was like, well, of course, you're you're send me another beer. beer. Yeah. Like, yeah. I have another beer. Like, yeah. I just yeah. better do this. So, even um, if it's across the world, yeah. like if someone in the room would have just handed you a beer, right. you exactly. feel the same. You feel very obligated to yeah. to drink the said beer. This so. is very good. <laughs> So we did that. And then after Oktoberfest, which was actually an incredible experience, I highly recommend it to anybody. Yeah. And I don't really like crowds of people much right. at all. Like, I really am not mm-hmm. a big crowds guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, festivals and things are just not my jam. But Oktoberfest, it was like the happiest people you'd ever meet. Right. Like, I didn't see a single fight. Uh, I'm sure they're there, but like, they're very small. Like, I think I looked at the statistics once and there's like, Oh yeah, for the two weeks of Oktoberfest, we arrested like eight people for fighting. <laughs> I was like, "What? They're wow. all too happy and drunk. Yeah, they're all like, super happy, drunk people." And, and like, I mean, how do you fight when like Sweet Caroline's playing in the background? You know, like you can't, you can't fight. <laughs> that's that's, that's such a sin. Happy jams. Yeah. Um, and you learn all the German songs very quickly because yeah. randomly some guy with an accordion will start playing a German song and everybody knows the words and you're yeah. just like what? before long all that's of a sudden so you're singing good. German songs and you have no idea what they mean like you don't uh, know what you're saying you could be saying like bad things about America and I have no idea uh, <laughs> I mean that's fine <laughs> yeah it's totally fun anyway so we went from there we went back we like flew back to Milan yeah spent a couple days in Milan and it was like well I really want to just go and get out into nature and just like get away for after after that experience I, was like, I just kind of need to like reset for a little mm-hmm. while yeah and my two friends were a little more on a budget than i was and i was like i want to go to switzerland which is considered like the most expensive country in the world <laughs> and they were like we don't really want to go to switzerland i was like that's fine so they ended up going to the bavarian alps and spending some time there but i was like i had heard about this place called mountain hostel which was in Gimmelwald, switzerland and i had no intention of ever going i was like that's eh, fine like it's way out in the middle of nowhere mm-hmm and I was like, I'm going to go to you know, the Matterhorn or I'm going to go to Interlaken or whatever. So I'm like, I, I don't. The big uh, one. The big ones. Yeah. The like they're really yeah. cool, really pretty places. Right. But I don't. Uh, this is mountain hostel place. But then I had a random friend tell me, oh, you got to go. And then I had two more random friends just like in passing. Total coincidence. were like, are you going to Switzerland? Oh, you got to go to mountain hostel. I was like, <laughs> what is this? Place? Okay. Yeah. So I realized it took me a bus. A train, a bus, <laughs> and a gondola. Jeez. Just to get to the hostel. Jeez. From Milan. So it was absurd. Yeah. So I get there and I realize quickly, like, why this is the best place on earth. I'm like, this is easily one of the coolest places. It's just a big hostel and they have these dorm rooms, they're like 16 bed dorm rooms. They have a female version, they have a male version, and they have a co ed version, which is like for couples. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they're all like bunk beds. So even if you go to the couple one, you're not going to share a bed. You're sharing a bunk bed. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who's, who's on the top bunk? Right. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, so you're sleeping in like the 16 bedroom. But I got there and it was kind of off season. It's like fall. So kind of off season. And uh, Roman, who is like the, the hostile care, care, caretaker guy, he was like my age. And he was like, oh, I'll give you this bed. And I only plan on staying for like three nights, I think, originally or two nights. And he's like, I'll give you this bed. It's got the best view. And I was like, oh, great. Okay. So I go in the room and it's this big room, just full of bunk beds. And I look for my bed number and I get to my bed number. And sure enough, like it's the one next to the window that just looks out at the young Frau Mountain. It's like, oh, that is absurd. Okay. Yeah, this is the best view. He was <laughs> right. Thank so you. I like wake up in the morning. I like open my eyes to like looking straight out this window. And yeah. like you're already like halfway up a mountain. So you're just you're staring out at other mountains from like halfway up. And these mountains are like. You know you're in a, an absurd place when you actually have to look up to see the top of the mountain. 
Oh. Yeah. You know, because like if you're in like because Bo- otherwise if it's on the horizon, it's just because like even if you're in Bozeman and you look at like the Bridgers, you mm-hmm. don't have to look up to see the Bridgers, right? No. Right. Like you're looking at them. Yeah. You know? But if you have to like cringe your neck straight up <laughs> to see the top of a mountain, wow. right? You are in some stuff. Yeah. Uh, yep. So this place was incredible, and I quickly learned like all the people that are there, awesome. There's all backpack. There's like no safes or lockers or anything you just leave your stuff so i'm leaving like you know ten thousand dollars of the camera gear just sitting on my bed every day just like whatever nobody's gonna touch it right um you have to get down a mountain to, <laughs> yeah, right to steal you're my not, stuff you're, you're not gonna run away from this. Um, we're gonna be on the same gondola yeah so <laughs> there was it's it's funny well when you hang out with like dirtbag backpackers as you become a dirtbag backpacker like, <laughs> very quickly mm-hmm. right so like i had budgeted quite a bit for this little portion of my trip because I was like, oh, I'm going to Switzerland. It's going to be very expensive. Well, the hostel wasn't that bad. It was like 50 bucks a night. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, it's not that bad. And then it was uh, after that, there wasn't really a lot of restaurants around. Mm-hmm. So you had to get groceries. And then they had a big industrial kitchen at the hostel that you had like a big, big refrigerator that you got a little basket. You got to put your own stuff in the fridge. And then you <laughs> have like a, a dry goods basket, to put your dry goods on. Mm-hmm. Cool. And the one thing I've learned in most countries is that groceries are like the same price roughly no matter where you go. Yeah. So even in Switzerland, the most expensive countries in the world, like you can still get stuff for fairly cheap. Yeah. yeah. And so because we were going to grocery shopping like every day, I wasn't actually spending that much more money than I would have been spending at home. And so I'm grabbing groceries every day, but the grocery store was a mile away <laughs> and it was a thousand feet of vertical gain and a mile oh hike just gosh. to get the grocery store. Yeah. <laughs> and there was a gondola that could take you there because the gondola goes up and then like stops in each village on the way up, all the way up to the top of the mountain. So and cool. The gondola was like two euro fifty or like two dollars fifty cents or whatever it was um, per ride, you know. Mm. So we were all like, "Oh, I don't want to pay that." <laughs> so we would hike every day to the grocery store. Yeah, you know, because like gotta grab your food. Yeah, so because like at the grocery store they had uh, like good German law beer that was like fifty cents a piece. Mm. Like, nice for like tall boy german good german beer yeah right so we're just like well i'll go get that you know and like if you're paying 250 per trip on a gondola that's five bucks that's 10 beers yeah yeah so you start thinking of the math on it you're like well i could buy so many beers beers, or i could ride the gondola yeah no so (laughs) one day it was like snowing like incredibly hard and we like hiked up to the grocery store and and like got groceries came back down cooked food and like it's so fun because there were so many hikes around there too that you know, everybody in the hostel wants to hike every day. Yeah. It's just a fact. And so you can either go with people because there's people always like wanting to say like, hey, if you want to come with me, you can come with me. But if you're also like, there's a day where I'm like, I want to go climb Shark Fins Mountain over there. And they're like, go for it. I'm like, but I want to go solo. I just want to do my own thing. And they're like, great. Have fun. <laughs> it's also weird hiking in like the mountains with no bears. Just, right. Like, weird wow. concept. Yeah. You know? Like not really like a thing to like worry about <laughs> yeah. when you're just, like, hiking by yourself in the mountains hadn't thought about that yeah it's very nice that is weird That's to think about <laughs> uh, it's like no there are it. bears always right. on the mountain right. <laughs> welcome to montana so yeah so it was a uh, just an incredible place and i ended up staying it became a running joke i stayed for 10 days and it was going to be like maybe a three-day yeah and i was like gonna spend three days there maybe go to zermont maybe go to interlaken and lauterbrunnen and like all these other places in switzerland and that I stayed for 10. Um, and <laughs> it became like this running joke that like every two days I would go talk to Roman and be like, hey, can I have another couple nights? And he'd be like, sure. Like, sounds good. Because same bed. Like, here you go. That's and then, so good. And then like they have a, the, the grocery or the food bin. They had one food bin in the fridge and one food bin on the shelf. That was uh, the free bin. So when people were checking out, 
they would leave stuff in the bins mm. that they didn't want to take with them. They didn't want to hike with them out. You know? yeah. yeah. So it became the running joke. People started labeling stuff in the free bins for me because I would go, every time somebody would leave the hostel, I'd go raid the free bin and like people would leave me cheese. People would leave me. I mean, somebody left me like half a bottle of whiskey one day. Oh my wow. Gosh. Nice. Like, all nice. right, cool. Yeah, I'm down. Right on. <laughs> Uh, just live off the free bin yeah pretty much it was like people would leave me pasta and pasta sauce by day five you weren't walking back up to the grocery store anymore like i've got enough stuff here now it's great people keep leaving me stuff i'm fine (laughs) that's so good i think i like messaged you on instagram like 12 times during that trip and i was like what is even yeah, your I don't life even know. it was ridiculous what, what are you even doing well, I, am, I, am spending like, <laughs> I am spending i think less than i think i spent less than a thousand dollars for my like 10 days in switzerland which is unheard of you know, that's crazy switzerland spent like less than a thousand dollars so yeah then i got back to see my friends when we met back up in milan to fly out and they were like we should have gone with you <laughs> yeah. they, they had yeah. a great time like where they went but they saw where, like, where i was and they're like they were seeing your pictures yeah. and oh. yeah. they didn't want to stay for 10 days and wherever they were yeah gosh they should have should have gone with you right very good the next trip i wanted to ask you about was the most recent one to southeast asia yep so first i want to hear about your experience in that culture because it looks like you were there for a couple festivals yeah Um, i'm an absolute giant in southeast asia (laughs) i mean the average height of uh, like in indonesia where i spent quite a bit of time yeah the average height for women is four foot eleven right the average height for men is like five foot two right so i am like an actual giant i need to go there you're Um, just towering over so tall and it's so funny because i'm I'm such a commodity like people are taking photos of me and videos of me like everywhere i go yeah but yeah this most recent trip was um so i went last year to well i've done southeast asia the last three years in a row Oh, okay. um, the first one was to Indonesia for two weeks and then I realized like that's not enough time. So last year I went back for a shoot and then I stayed for six weeks around Southeast Asia and I went to the Philippines with spent some time in Bali and did that. So it was great. Um, and then my girlfriend, she quit her job. She's a veterinarian and she quit her job back in August or September of last year. Um, she was working in New York city and she had saved up all this money and was going to do a year long sabbatical doing volunteer vet work. Mm. And various places around the world so we had met up a few times already on this trip we went to australia together for a little while Uh, then she went out to papua new guinea uh, cook islands kind of those places for volunteer work um and then we she came back went to central america for a little while uh just the two of us and then we came back again and then she went to sri lanka Mm -hmm. uh, for a month there doing vet work and then she went to india for a month before i got there Mm. um and then i flew over there uh, with the intention that I was going to be there for two months and she was going to kind of take two months off the volunteer stuff and then we right. were just backpack around Southeast Asia for two months. Uh, and then COVID happened. Uh, and <laughs> yeah. that was a wild, wild time to be in Southeast Asia because there, where we were, there was like no cases. It was like not a thing. And so we got to India and India like locked their borders like a few days after I got there and we're like, mm-hmm. nobody's coming in. Yeah. So India was not my favorite place in the world mm-hmm. okay really wasn't a big fan of india i also got <laughs> deli belly which is like really bad food poisoning <laughs> yeah um, oh, yeah and that was an atrocious experience Yikes. Uh, so that was not fun <laughs> uh i did love i did i went to the holy festival which mm-hmm. is a festival of color yes uh, in pushkar that looked and fantastic that was amazing like i really did appreciate and love that very much um and doing it in pushkar was amazing because it was a uh, it's a dry town. So, because I've heard from Holy, a lot of times people just get really drunk and then get like handsy and violent and like right. stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. doing it in Pushkar was a, a dry town. That's actually was really nice because wow. um, everybody was just very loving and very friendly and it was fun. And like, so you just walk around and people just throw dried, colored 
dust at you basically <laughs> and then, like and then just wipe your you know wipe your face with it and uh but everyone was very nice like everyone was so friendly very gentle like it'd come up and because i'd heard stories from foreigners going before where they'd like people would get violent and like grab you and like kind of like slap you with it and mm. you know get and i was like not excited about it at all i actually did not want to go i was like yeah. i don't because i i'm a pretty passive person until i start getting poked too many times and then i yeah. then i start getting angry you know? oh poke the bear yeah kind of thing. exactly yeah. so i'm like i can take it for so long and eventually like, i just like rage right um, yeah <laughs> So I was like, I don't really want to do this because I just feel like I'm gonna get angry at people. Um, yeah. And then we got there, and it was everybody was so friendly. But I, I was figuring, does everyone intentionally wear white? Yep. For this, so, well, for the most part, yeah. Everybody yeah. wears you. You kind of you buy clothes specifically for those because you're gonna throw them away. They're just garbage afterwards. Yeah. Because yeah. you're just gonna get pasted with yeah. powder and stuff. Um, and you don't really want to carry them with you because they're you will get powder. I was finding powder Everywhere. for like it's weeks. like glitter. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, so yeah, so like we bought like all white clothes yeah. that. Uh, and it's pretty cheap to buy them. So you yeah. just get those and then just buy powder on the streets and just throw them at people. But yeah, yeah I mean, people would just walk up to you and just like come gently like caress your face with the powder. And you're like, that was kind <laughs> yeah, of Yeah, nice. because otherwise yeah. it's like just yeah. throwing stuff at your face is not great no. with like eyes and stuff. Well, and like I would say that 90% of the people at Holy were men. And so I was wow. like worried about my girlfriend because like she's like a pretty blonde blue eyed woman yeah. yeah i'm like i am relatively little... tall in comparison to everybody else. yeah and yeah. so i'm like i'm a little worried about her um and i figured that everybody was gonna be very like coming after her i want to take photos with her and do all this stuff no they did not care about her all they wanted was me they just like <laughs> i held a man's out. baby yeah um this man just watched me <laughs> hand me his baby and i was like what do i what am i doing with this i have a baby <laughs> like, now and my girlfriend's watching this, this going like what is going on right now and i'm just <laughs> holding this and he was like woo and i'm like Yay! He's like, cool. happy holy! And I was like, okay, I've got a baby. Um, Jeez. <laughs> am I taking this with me? Is this mine now? Like, I don't know. Like, excellent. Do um, I know like, first of all, he wanted me to like, get a photo of him. And, like, his, no, he just wanted me to hold it. Like, he, just, he didn't even take a photo. And then he left. I was like, okay, great. Um, cool. But I, was, cool. I had so many photos of me taking. You know that's a story for him now, Oh, though. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> giant white man held my baby at the Holy Festival. <laughs> but I like I, I have to be like famous in Pushcar at this point because right. so many people have photos of me on their phone now. Yeah. Uh just a thing. Yeah. People just come up to me and take selfies with me, people Instant taking photos celebrity. of me. I mean, just hilarious. Right. Uh but it was fun. Like that was a really good experience. Yeah. And then uh we promptly got out of India shortly after that. And yeah, so what was it like watching a lot of the notices coming out of the US? Like it was you, wild. You better get it, used to the idea of sheltering in place if you don't it felt very disconnected it was very odd to watch from over there because Mm -hmm. we we just weren't in situations where it was bad right Uh, yeah we'd heard about it you know people would just kind of reference it as the virus and it was Mm -hmm. like oh well the virus isn't here you know Um, but they also did a really good job of temp gauging and like i mean i had my temperature checked i don't know how many times being over there Mm, okay Um, yeah and you know like they would screen you and temp check you every time you got across the border every time you get on a flight you know flight attendants were all wearing masks they all had like they would come out and give you hand sanitizer like every five minutes and like and the airports were empty just dead completely dead like i looked terrifying it was the weirdest travel experience i've ever had and i've had a lot of weird ones that was flying over to india so cases i mean when i was when i was leaving the united states it still wasn't that big of a deal like the it was like the first couple of cases like the first first couple of deaths happened in seattle yeah like the week that i was flying out okay um it wasn't even blowing up in italy yet when i left so it was kind of like it was still in china and like just in china yeah Yeah. and it was like uh, slightly spreading but it wasn't like nobody was really concerned about it 
the everybody was very concerned about me going over to Southeast Asia. Oh yeah, there wasn't actually like talking to friends. There wasn't a concern that it was going to come here, right? And like tear apart the society. Uh, the concern was that I was going to go over there and be in the and get of it. it. Yeah, right. Um, and so when I was flying, so I flew through Japan, and that flight had like twenty people on it from like uh, Seattle to Japan. Yeah, the selfie you took from your seat was <laughs> yeah. haunting. Oh man, it's just nobody. It's just like the entire plane and myself. Yeah. Uh, well, then it was worse. So like flying from Japan to India, because I was starting to freak out because this is when I first started realizing that there there's a lot of border restrictions happening very mm-hmm. quickly. Mm-hmm. Because as I was flying, I got a notification from the airlines that India was no longer going to allow anyone from Japan to enter the country. Well, I'm flying from Japan into India. And it was very uh. vague and very gray area as far as it was like anybody that's been to Japan cannot enter India like in, in the last two months or whatever. So yeah. it was like, right. well, uh. I'm flying through <laughs> Japan, but I'm not going to enter Japan, right? right. I'm not going to go through customs and get Essentially in. Essentially just at a port. So, but it was hilarious because then I was flying from Tokyo to Delhi on a flight that wasn't going to allow Japanese people to be on mm-hmm. because nobody from Japan can go to Delhi. Right. right. So it was like me, two other Americans and like, a small handful of Indians. That was it. And like, wow. there was, I think I counted the entire plane. It's a big plane. You know, it's a big, you know, transatlantic flight type of thing. And like, oh yeah. And it's not transatlantic. It's trans whatever. Right. Transasia. Trans something yeah, like something. that. Uh, there's 50, I counted 15 people on the entire flight. Good gravy. So I got there and then I got to India and it was a disaster to get through customs, which yeah. apparently is fairly normal in India. <laughs> oh, okay. It's probably the least efficient government I've ever Not seen. Not even really? because of COVID. Oh just, just normal. Just and, and then it was like, they were telling you like, oh, you need to get in this line if you've been to this country. And I was like, well, I've been to this country. And they're like, no, they get in that line. Then I get in that line. Like, no, you need to be in that line. I'm like, every time. And then. Focus up, guys. Yeah. So <laughs> get it your was, story straight. It was a, like it's India, Delhi, especially. I will. I will never, ever, ever go back to Delhi. It is gross city. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, okay. it smells. The pollution is horrid. Yeah. I mean, they say oh, it's like yeah. smoking like 12 packs of cigarettes a day, just like being there. Yikes. <laughs> like, Yikes. No thanks. Uh, so, Delhi is just not my favorite place. Like, I really okay. like Pushkar. I went up to Agra and saw, like, uh, saw the, um, wow, my blanking. Uh, the temple. Uh, yeah. the, 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 why? Taj Mahal. Taj Mahal. Taj why Mahal. The, was that so hard for me to remember that? Uh, so, I saw the Taj Mahal. I just had that effect where you blanked, and I was like, I know what you're talking yeah. about, but I'm we blanking too. It in my head, it was there. Um, so, I went up to there, went to Taj Mahal, and right. like, uh, I remember the, the trains. We rode the trains from Delhi to Agra. Mm-hmm. And getting there i mean you, you've probably seen videos online of like the train stations being just a like nightmare packed. Yep. yeah so we show up at the train station and we're like they told us to get there an hour early whatever we had assigned seats but we were like all right we'll get there so we show up and the train rolls up right right as we we're walking up and it was like 20 minutes earlier or something so i was thinking it wasn't our train hmm. so i'm looking at it and i'm laughing because i don't know a couple hundred people are all fighting to wedge themselves into this little tiny door. People are climbing through windows. People are jumping anywhere they can. And they're just all flooding onto this train car. And I'm like laughing. I'm like videotaping it. And I'm like, this is hilarious. Like, this is exactly (laughs) like what I think of when I think of like a Delhi train station. Yeah. And then I looked at the train. I realized that was our train. I was like, oh, (laughs) you've got to be kidding me. (laughs) And then we got on it. And like, luckily we had an assigned seat. So we got an assigned seat. But then like, okay, there was people just wall to wall to wall to wall like inside standing the train room, just standing cramped. room inside of our train I yikes was like, i was 
starting to get very aggravated and it was hot and it was yeah humid I'm like, smelly oh, probably yeah it's not yeah yikes <laughs> well and just the trash problem in india is yeah. i mean they have no concept of trash and i mean it was everybody from like wealthy people to slums to everything like you'd be on the train and people would like finish eating their like food out of like plastic wrappers or just open the window and throw it out the window and that was just normal. Oh, so normal geez. so if you walked anywhere near the train tracks it was just trash Oh, that's um, gross. So, you know, I, if I went back to India, I think I would go to some of the more like up to the Himalayas. I've heard they're amazing. Right. Yep. Some of the smaller towns, stuff like that. You sure. know, like, like Pushkar. You know, Pushkar was very nice and like people were very friendly and stuff. But Delhi was just it's like nine million people or something like that. And it's just and then there's not a lot to see in Delhi. Like it's not like there's not like, oh, it's I'm going to go to see this cultural icon. Like, city. Just, yeah. Just people. Right. Man. So my next question about travel is language. Are you multilingual at all? Uh, no. Uh, what I, is what is the language barrier like then when it when, um, when you it show up in a new place? I speak a little bit of Spanish, not enough. Okay, I used to speak enough to get it by, but I'm a little bit rusty. I have learned that with technology the way it is now, it's not that big of an issue anymore. Yeah, oh, okay, it's really not. Like I, you have things like translate. Yeah, I have Google Translate on my phone. To you. you know, and it's been a couple an issue a couple times, but for the most part, like if you're talking to somebody in another country, they also have Google Translate on their phone, right? And you literally will both pull up. And we'll just type in what we want and like show each other and they'll type in on their phone what they want and they'll show it to me and we just like have a conversation like oh, that. Okay, That's yeah. Cool. So it takes a little bit longer, but sure. it's never been like a, a massive concern. Before you go somewhere, do you bone up on just like some of the basics of that I'll language? I'll try to, okay. but some languages... Ask for the bathroom or yeah. ask where the grocery store well, is. Like, uh, yeah, so we were in Myanmar right after India. Right. And that language is nearly impossible to anything oh, okay, um, yeah. and we were like because I, I always try to like at least be able to say thank you and hello and things like that yeah. right <laughs> we were like asking somebody we're like oh how do you say thank you in burmese and they were like they said it and i was like no I'm just not gonna try <laughs> that got it <laughs> i'll just do like the pray hands yeah right <laughs> uh, yeah like in india it was like namaste it was thank you and yeah. so i was yeah. like oh, i can do that yeah uh, no namaste but yeah, i was just like well that is not <laughs> happening. But I mean, I will say like in Southeast Asia, especially uh, most people speak English. It's actually very common. Right. Mm, okay. Like uh, depending on where you are, tourist areas anyway. But right. like, it's, it's very common to find English speakers. Uh, and then in Europe, it's fairly common. Except for in Paris, because they don't want to speak English. They probably <laughs> actually know English most of the time. They just they just don't want. They're, they're Parisian, they're so they're not happy with that way. there. Yeah. yeah, they're better than us. <laughs> That's <so>. fair. <laughs> uh, well, it's funny because I've been to France a few times before, going to Paris this last January, and I always loved France, and I never yeah. understood the stereotype of like grumpy French people. Mm. And then I got to Paris, and I was like, I can kind of, I get it, I get it, <laughs> I see it now. Um, they're not really stoked on tourists. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They'd rather uh, that's have fair. this is like, this is my city. Right. Yeah. Why so that's when we keep... talk to French people. They're like, there's Parisians and there's French people. Like there's <laughs> oh, <laughs> very kind of separate. Right. <laughs> I see. Yeah. Especially like countryside of France, like very nice people, very, very yeah. welcoming and warm hearted. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like in Southeast Asia, it's not really ever a concern in Spanish speaking countries. I at least know a handful of phrases and words and things, but I was just in Nicaragua back in December and Nicaragua is a country that, it does not speak english at all yeah so that one was definitely tougher i mean it was definitely more of a challenge but especially coming up from costa rica where most people speak english right and then going to nicaragua where it was like whoa all right right um <laughs> i mean it's, nicaragua is still like one of my absolute favorite places but oh okay so cool yeah my next question is about food mm. and first i want to go international and talk about tomatoes and cucumbers aside yeah seems like you're pretty adventurous in pretty much any cuisine that you're going to find yourself in i've definitely eaten a lot of weird things but yeah yeah 
I'm a foodie for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm not a foodie in the sense that like I'm not going to eat something and be like, well, I can taste the, 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 <laughs> the rosemary notes, yeah. and the <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm, I don't really care. I know good food. I know bad food, and I like food. Do you have any international favorites? <sighs> international favorites. I mean, I think everywhere has like their own little dishes that they're they're so good at. Yeah, I'm trying to think of. I mean, like currywurst in Germany is always so good, and then. If you're in like the Netherlands and you're eating stroop waffles and you're like, right. that's so good. And then, I, I don't know. It's, I, I just like the classics everywhere. You yeah. Go, right? I really just, I love going to new places and enjoying good food at right. those places. So right. for me, it's, it's about experiencing whatever they're, you know, I'm not going to go to the McDonald's. I'm not going to go. You know? <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, but I guess in the, the only one that is kind of an exception to that is Switzerland where I don't really go out much because it's so expensive to go out to eat. Sure. Right. So to bring it a little more local when you're in the van talk me through your cooking process and also just how you collected your your taste for while you're traveling and even on instagram i'm watching you make like these homemade pizzas and like these just oh, yeah. gorgeous dishes out of your van yeah the van is <laughs> it's always funny because we're like well you you live in a van and i'll be like oh yeah and like what do you like ramen every day i'm like no i uh, t- today i'm having a raspberry chipotle bison tacos with goat cheese you know? See, very like, <laughs> very often you're eating better than i am and i, and I stay put in an apartment well the, the thing about it is it's funny because i used to be a guide and when i was guiding we used yeah. to cook lunches for our guests right okay and that was often on like a two burner coleman stove you know right and everything you cook in was out of a cooler but we prided ourselves on how ridiculous can we make our meals and how good can we make right. our meals. So that's translated now to what I do in the van and I have a fridge in there. And the other day I made shrimp and people were very concerned about van shrimp. <laughs> I was as well, to, to be, be honest. Fair, yeah, um, it does sound a little I actually still have some edge. left in the fridge and I'm a little bit concerned about it. I'm probably yeah. just going to throw it away. Just just dump <laughs> that one. <laughs> well, like, it's, it was like freezered shrimp you know yeah. that i can cook so i was like put the freezer shrimp in you know and and then the freezer in my van is not it's very, not totally a freezer uh, no because I, I pulled them out and they were a little thawed it's a high-end it's like fridge a really really good fridge <laughs> i was yeah. like yeah it's like well this is um <laughs> concerning okay <laughs> so then i did like i did a, a chipotle coffee rub on those and they did taste very good but i i had a stomach ache after <laughs> but I wasn't sure if it was because I was worrying myself into the stomach yeah, ache or if it was you're into, thinking about it too much <laughs> that's fair I know people who do this to themselves well, yes. I was like I don't think it was worth the stress right. of eating yeah. van shrimp <laughs> um, it's like I don't really keep a lot of raw chicken in the van yeah um, smart. I just that terrifies me you do a lot of sausage I do I've a noticed. lot of sausage things and then vegetable like so pretty common is basically some sort of vegetable medley with some sausage in it mm-hmm. yeah Brus- uh, Brussels sprouts sweet onions jalapenos now I'm on a big habanero kick right now so a lot of habaneros in there yeah um, <laughs> a lot of big spice a little big spices in there for sure a lot of good sweaty yeah. um and then I just kind of like saute that all up and then throw it on a tortilla and call it right. a day. It's yeah. like everything goes into a tortilla in the van. Like it's, right. yep. it's easier to keep tortillas than it is to keep bread. So True. it's just like. And a tortilla is a fantastic food delivery system. It is. So you're just like, <laughs> Grab everything it. you eat is like, a mix saves soup, on dishes. Put it in tortilla. Just yeah. saves <laughs> on a tortilla. It's basically uh, a plate. Yeah. So the tortilla delivery method is my favorite. But, okay. but like the other day, I made like a breakfast bowl and I made sauteed up some sweet potatoes and some butter. And then cooked it with uh, habaneros, some sweet mm. onions, and then uh, some hot turkey sausage. Nice. Uh, yeah. And then I fried an egg on top. Gosh. Oh, that sounds good. It's like a little over easy egg on top and then 
It was, and I'm like, did you just I, teach yourself to cook? Yeah, I did. And, and for just, me, it's you like, just know what you like. It's a creative point. outlet. So okay. like, yeah. I, I, I like being creative with cooking and just figuring it out. Sure. Like what melds well together. You into cooking shows at all? Do you get no, I never, source ideas no. from there? You just like look through a market and say, he knows what he likes. And then that. he puts yeah, them together. Just like walk into the grocery <laughs> store and be like, all right, what do I want? And then I just like habaneros, Brussels sprouts, onions. Right. All right. Like just get grabbing the, random things. The first you know? step. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So that's that's pretty common for me just to just to make it up as I go, but right. That's but it is funny when I pull so out of the good. van, like when I made that that sweet potato breakfast bowl the other day, and I'm camping with a bunch of friends, and they're making like bacon and eggs. Yeah. And I'm like over here like crafting this breakfast bowl, and they're like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> You're like, "This is what I do, man. <laughs> this do, is a Tuesday do you have any, for me." Yeah. I don't know do you have you. any staple meals that you continually come back to while I you're think, in the van? I think the Brussels sprout sausage burrito thing is a pretty mm-hmm. stapled thing okay and then also i think the raspberry chipotle bites and tacos is kind of my signature signature yeah. dish <laughs> like if i have friends that are like make me dinner i'm like okay raspberry chipotle bites and tacos, it tacos. Is. <laughs> a little jalapeno goat cheese in there and then, then yeah it's that sounds so good that sounds <laughs> it's so hungry right now <laughs> and it's actually really easy i'm mean, just basically just put some chipotle seasoning in with some like fresh raspberries and then that all kind of cooks into itself and then some you know salt and pepper and some other things but it's actually really easy to make yeah so, but it like sounds so nice. Like, mm-hmm. and it's such a nice flavor combo that nobody ever thinks of. So it's cool, but right because originally it actually originated from if you can the simpler you can make van meals the better. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it originated from they actually have a sauce called raspberry chipotle sauce. Right, and I used to just basically dump that into <laughs> bison. Yeah. And then I make see. bison tacos with that, but I was like, "Well, I feel like I could actually just make this. Get the ingredients this, that yeah. are listed. Yeah. On this just cook down the raspberries, right. add the spices. It was just, it felt like it was like less added sugars and less added things. Yeah, yeah. Like for real, more natural. That just like here's some chipotle and here's some raspberries. Yeah, yeah. boom. <laughs> you gave me all the ingredients yeah. and the name, so I know how to make this. <laughs> Man, that's so good. But I think if I'm home, the espresso chipotle steaks um, mm. or a pan sear and oven finish them. Mm-hmm. Those are probably my my staple at home. So, with the espresso, are you? Is it a grind rub or? So I usually you... get it as a rub itself. It's okay. a it's an actual rub that you gotcha. can get from various places. There's, there's, I've tried a bunch of different ones until I found one I like. Sure. Because but... I've seen like pulled espresso used in a marinade before. Ooh, I never thought about doing that. That'd be good. I think that would be good. Mix it with like a nice balsamic or something. Yeah, that'd be really mm-hmm. good. Get that down for that. Some oils and extra spices, man. <laughs> No, we're just going to keep hungry. talking about food because yep. it's about lunchtime. So hungry. <laughs> I know. Andy, this has been fantastic. Yeah, for Thank real. you so much. Thank you guys for having me. For coming over. This has been a blast. Good. You are one of the people, I mean, like this podcast started because so many people in our lives kind of give us that, like, what even is your life feeling? Totally. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And you, you are certainly one of the people we had in mind <laughs> top 10 from the genesis list. of the podcast. We were like, <laughs> we, we have to talk to guy. Andy. <laughs> <laughs> he has such a crazy life that he's built for himself. Yeah. yeah. We're real. so excited. I mean, I, I feel like oftentimes I'm even looking at my own life going like, what do I do? Like what I, my own family has no idea what I do. What I'm pretty sure they're just like, how did I do this? <laughs> my dad's just like, what are you working? Like, is this a job? Like, right. are you just having fun? I'm like, it's all kind of the same. Yeah. It's kind of lumps you're feeding in together. yourself, right? Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, you've you're... definitely inspired us to be looking at cheaper flights and like For real? really start dreaming into, uh, even if we can manage to craft ourselves a life as podcasters and start yeah. Yeah. taking this thing all over the world, definitely. all over that, the place. Like our first end, international trip together, uh, I think next year is going to be Scotland. Ooh, yeah. nice. That's, I have not spent any time in Scotland yet. Yeah. On my list. It's about time for us. We're going to go and do, do a, whiskey a nice tour. long uh, scotch yeah. whiskey tour. I don't really like scotch. Really? No. 
Okay. I'm That's a fair. scotch guy. I'm a big bourbon guy. So right. Oh, okay. big on my list of things to do is to do the bourbon trail down in Kentucky. Ooh, That's excellent. Huge on my list. Excellent. But I do like Irish whiskey. So I did do Dublin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Spent 29, 29 hours in Dublin. There you uh, go. I met Bono. What? That's a okay. Just, to be you know. that, that's a story. We'll have you back. I'm sure you have millions of stories like that nonsense. You know, just met. Man, I think Bono. when we go when we go south in the states, it's a barbecue tour. For mm-hmm. me. Yeah, we do for love real. barbecue. That's what yeah. I'm hitting up. Yeah, as a foodie, yeah, yeah barbecue, barbecue should be on the list. Well, especially because I can't really barbecue in the van. So I like to when I like that's go true. out to things yeah. and stuff. I can't do in the van. Like I can't really. Yeah. Yeah. I've debated putting a hitch mount on my van and then putting a Traeger <laughs> on the back of my van. <laughs> but I've seen it done. Uh, I've seen it before. No, uh, uh, probably dangerous for me to. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. Right on, man. This has been fantastic. To wind our conversation down, we're curious to ask what you're currently reading. Currently reading, uh, I'm reading Dan Brown's Inferno. I just got started getting hooked on Dan Brown books. I don't know if you guys have read his stuff at all, but I like learning things when I read books, but I also like to be entertained. Sure. Yeah. Um, and so Dan Brown's books kind of meld fiction and nonfiction where it's like, he goes into like actual history of Europe Yeah. where it's such an in-depth. Some historical fiction genre Yeah, there's type. like historical art and culture and buildings and like yes. things that I've seen when I'm in Europe and so yeah. much there, but then it's with such like an intense story built yeah, into for it so. what are you currently listening to let's start with music and then we'll go Ooh. to podcasts uh listening to uh, i have such an eclectic weird taste of music i listen to so much random stuff listening to a lot of like culture wall right now mm-hmm. so like a lot of like outlaw country type things especially being out in eastern montana for the last month uh it's just so wide open and the plains yeah, and you gotta get in the mood you do it's <laughs> a lot of like cody jinx and culture wall and things like yeah. that but okay. I'll, I'll mix it up and um listen to a lot of other stuff too but that's that's been big on my playlist lately. Podcast wise, I haven't been listening to a lot, but I do listen to the Joe Rogan podcast quite a bit. Mm-hmm. What are you currently watching? Well, I just finished Prison Break. That's right. Uh, so I'm trying to find a new show right now mm-hmm. that I, I haven't figured out what I'm going to watch. I feel like I watched all of Netflix when I'm during quarantine time. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. But I like to download a bunch of stuff and have it in the van because I do have a lot of downtime just hanging out in the right. van, especially yeah. during the middle of the day where I'm just like sitting in a parking lot somewhere in the middle right. of nowhere, Montana, just like cooking lunch and just watching because lighting is bad this time of day yeah. like and really it's like sunset yeah. sunrise yeah. stuff for you yeah. so yeah so there's a lot of time to spend in the van i haven't decided what i'm gonna watch yet i might rewatch some other stuff i might mm. i don't know i was kind of thinking about rewatching designated survivor mm. oh, okay it's a great show this is made for a fantastic morning andy yes. thanks again thank you guys for having me uh it'll be down in the show notes for people to check out but go follow andy at Andy Austin photo and Andy in the van. If you want some specific like van adventure stuff, just that's the weirdness of my life. Is that account for sure? <laughs> yeah. It's a lot more of you. It's a lot less landscape. It's a lot of my face yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a lot of my face, a lot of my girlfriend, a lot of nice jackets, lot pipe of, smoking, a lot yep. of like climbing mountains in the suits. It's a big thing of mine. Oh yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of that kind of your personal brand at this yeah, point. It is. And there's websites associated with each of those that I'll put in the show notes as well. Yeah. To close us out, Andy, would you read our favorite quote for the podcast? Absolutely. The only normal people you know are the ones you don't know very well. Mm